everybody, welcome into American Soccer Now in 10 or 15 minutes. I'm John Arnold. Noah Davis is with us in Brooklyn. And we also have a special guest today, Joel Hendrickson, the author of The American Way. Uh, the American Way is a book. You can get it now on Amazon and other places, I'm sure. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about it. The summary is that J. Beth Walker sets out on a journey to be the best soccer player in the world after his best friend is murdered. Through the eyes of a young black boy becoming a man, we see the unspoken side of the American dream. Jepeth learns that the American dream for him demands much more than just hard work and dedication. It requires that he risk it all for a distant chance at success. The American Way is getting what you want by any means necessary. The author of The American Way, Jomo Henderson, joins us now. How's it going, Jomo? Good, good. How's it going? I'm great. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking some time to come on with us. What's, uh, can you tell us about this book? Uh, what inspired you to write it? And, uh, and what's, uh, what's it all about? Yeah, the um, the inspiration behind the book uh, it comes it comes a lot from from me. You know, I, I grew up playing soccer. I grew up playing the game, um, and have a heavy interest in the game. Um, I hadn't seen this character quite formalized on the scene yet. Um, you know, a, a American soccer player that's kind of like the superstar, a, a top notch soccer player in the world. Um, so I hadn't seen it come about yet. So I wrote a story about it. <laughs> So I created him, um, and so that's what the story is. The story is a, a fictional journey um, of a character from the United States who uh, makes his way to being, you know, his dream is to become one of the top soccer players in the world. Um, and that's the story. You follow his journey in doing that. How much of it is uh, comes from your experience? I mean, you played high-level soccer, D1, didn't make it to be one of the top players in the world. Um, but, you know, just sort of the, the, the growing up part and, um, you know, a, a young black child grew up in America, how much of it is sort of autobiographical? Yeah, I think there's some core pieces of it that are me. Um, you know, the the city in which he comes from, in Kokomo, Indiana, um, there's the uh, Vincentian background. His parents are from St. Vincent. That is also me. Um, and then some of the experiences, I did grow up playing at those top levels of youth soccer. So I think, you know, they're not necessarily personal to me, those experiences, but I know about that world. So I was able to extrapolate that world and dig into it a little bit. Um, but that's about where it ends. I mean, I think from there, the, the experiences are pretty, you know, um, I don't want to say generic, um, but you put all those mixes in. And I think any character, any person who has that mix of West Indian background, um, playing soccer growing up here in the States will, you know, have some of this. And even just being a black American, you would have these experiences, I think, in general. I wanted to ask you about that because I think that's something that really drew my eyes, the fact that, you know, look, Noah and I on this show, we're two white guys talking about soccer. And I mean, that's a lot yeah. of our guests are white guys and a lot of the, our colleagues are white guys. And so how much of, of just the black American experience not being represented in soccer played into writing this? And where are we falling down in that in that respect, you know, as, as soccer media, I guess? Yeah, I think um, I think first, I think it, it's the black American experience central to this because the character is black. So it can't help but the different experiences that, um, you know, um, the character went through. And this was in the 90s. So it was a little bit of a different uh, temperature in the country. Um, you would have experienced some of these things at least. Um, so that that it's central to the story, the Black American experience, because the main character is black. In terms of media and where things are kind of falling down in that perspective, um, I think the main thing is I think it has grown over the years. So that's first and foremost. I think you know you're seeing players like uh, you know Demarcus Beasley. You're seeing those guys even back in the days. You had Roy Jones, um, not Roy Jones, um, Lasseter. Yeah. Um, Roy Lasseter. I mean Eddie Pope. All these guys. They've been there. They've been black players in the mix. Um, 
I just think it's in, in terms of tapping into a certain talent pool. And it's not just black when you go into that talent pool. It's more of an economic segregation mm-hmm. that's happening in the game, right? So to play for these top clubs to, you know, the academies now are helping with that. But back in this time period, if you wanted to play for a uh, uh, FC Delco or a, a one of the top Southern California clubs, that was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So there was no way that the, you know, the kid from the east side of L.A., you know, with not as much money as parents are, you know, they're working, they're, they're keeping the ends, they've got everything they need, but they don't have a disposable few thousand dollars to drop on traveling and playing soccer. And that's where I think the the uh, the line is being drawn. Um, and to get past that, it's not that they can't get past that, um, but I think the desire for the game, I think is something that the media is not doing justice to in, uh, in particular. You know, it's not making the game feel cool you know i think it keeps in a certain lane and it still feels like soccer mom zone i think john and i are sort of in the soccer mom category mm, as well. absolutely yeah, definitely. <laughs> um do, do you think that that is changing um on the on the youth soccer side i mean you sort of the, the pay-to-play model i think is is slowly being phased out there's slowly more money in the game i mean from your impression yep. you know we're obviously somewhere along that line of improving that where do you think we are Absolutely. I think we're at the beginning stages of it. Um, so right now, I think just culturally, if you look at the U.S. soccer team, the culture of the team has changed. You know, you've got a lot more different races represented in the United States soccer team and throughout the system. You've got you've got a lot of Asians, you've got a lot of Hispanics, you've got a lot of blacks, you've got a lot of whites of all different, you know, mixes. Um, but I think now I think it's been making the game cool, quote unquote, cool for a group that might not naturally take to the game you know, uh, based on where it's at right now. So I think that pay for play model, the fact that that's changing, it's at the beginning. Um, but what we have right now currently, um, I think is that pay for play model is still working out for the kids who could technically afford it. Well, that's the group that really actually needs it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you a bit about your writing process, I guess, and, and the influences that you've had. It says on the site, that Tony Morrison, Eduardo Galeano, of course, the famous South American writer about politics and soccer, Nas, the rapper, yeah. Coltrane, the jazz musician. You see, it seems to be, you know, you're drawing from a lot of different, uh, you know, experiences and different artists and, and using their work as sort of inspiration for years. But can you kind of expound on uh, what you drew on to write this book and what went into the whole process? Yeah, you know, um, the... You know, I, I drew from all those kind of things. I love Toni Morrison, the way she can bring you into a scene and just kind of hold you there. And you're just kind of like, you know, you're you're at her behest in terms of how she words things out and phrases them. And then um, I also like with her how she can just drop one sentence. And in that one sentence, there could be a lot of history underneath that one sentence. Um, so I love that about her style. Eduardo Galeano, man, his, he just got beautiful writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody wrote soccer like that guy. So, um I, I was trying my best to try and find this blend between those. Um, Oz, well, he's, he's a great hip-hop singer, so the, this um, character comes of age in that zone. You know, he's a hip-hop fan. Um, he comes of age in the 90s, so he couldn't help but be affected by that. So I wanted to make sure um, I was bringing in a certain style of storytelling in terms of the hip-hop genre as well. So that became my little gumbo. What's the target audience for the book? I mean, it sounds like it's it's going beyond sort of the typical American soccer fan. It definitely is. Actually, I think I think the book at its at its heart probably will appeal most strongly to 
um, African-American men anywhere from the ages of 25 to say 45. Um, just in terms of that character and what he goes through and the different experiences he has, I think it will be closest to the heart to that group. Um, in terms of um, outside of that hot, hot spot, um, anybody in, interested in American soccer or soccer in general, you know, so uh, particularly men. Um, but, you know, it's, it's broad enough. It covers the game for sure. Can you tell us a little bit about, about yourself? What are you up to now? What's your connection with soccer now if you're, if you're still in the game? Some, and also, couldn't help but notice, a guy from St. Vincent with the last name of Hendrickson, uh, Sounders 2 coach and also helped out with the St. Vincent national team, Ezra Hendrickson. Uh, you, you're related, I assume, maybe? Yes, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's my uh, cousin. Okay, okay. Yeah. And, and what's your yeah, involvement so- with the game these days? You know, not too much, really, aside from writing that book. Um, you know, I work at, um, in advertising. I work at Castman Partners, um, working on the Red Bull brand. Um, and, you know, it's, it, it takes up a lot of time. I can't get out there. I have a family, too. I have two daughters. I have a wife. Um, there's not much time to squeeze in for me to get out there and kick it around, but I'm trying to work on that. Well, for sure. I mean, I think that's enough, enough involvement of, of, uh, of writing a book and everything. Um, yeah, yeah, it keeps you busy. I'm sure. You know, I think just being a fan as well is also sort of being in the soccer game. A lot of this, a lot of soccer in general, and even the way that you're talking about the changing American national team. You know, a lot of it, I think, comes from from immigration, right? Like Josie Altidore is a Haitian American, Bedoya is a Colombian American, Aguadelo the same way. You know, a lot of these. How much of of the, this book sort of sort of reflects an immigrant story, and and how much of you know do you see that? kind of culture changing that you mentioned because of, of immigrants to this country. Yeah, I mean, I think that's core to the game. It always has been. I think it's kind of actually taken a dip in recent history. Yeah. Um, well, over the past, I would say since 1994, it has started to increase again. Um, but there was a period there when, you know, um, I would say from the beginning stages of soccer in this country, that was all immigrants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and that has allowed a certain flavor to begin to bubble, but then it just never materialized for whatever reason. I don't know if American football came in the mix there and changed things up, um, but then it took a dip and then, you know, it's always been involved. you got players like Pop Ramos, those guys, like, I think he's what, Uruguayan, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've always had these players who have had, they've either been first generation or second generation. Um, so it's always been there. I think it's starting to take an uptick, and I think that will continue to influence the style of our play um, as a country, you know, is the fact that we've got all these cultures blended in, um, you know, overall. I think you're seeing Germany, I think, most recently for me, um, has, they've had that impact with their Turkish community. You know, those guys yeah. have come in and added a different, a different mix, of, a different touch to the, the German game. So I think you'll see that continue to evolve for us. Jomo Hendrickson wrote the book The American Way. Jomo, I know some are, some authors don't. Where, where should people buy this book? Some people say don't go to Amazon or do. Where, where should people get this? <laughs> you can definitely. You can go to Amazon.com and purchase it. You can go to my site, JomoHendrickson.com and purchase it as well. Beautiful. Is there anything else you want to tell us about the book? Anything you want to throw in there? Um, you know, I mean, I'm the one who wrote it, but damn well, I feel it's it's the best um, American soccer story <laughs> um, ever written. Okay. <laughs> it's just it's just exciting. Um, it's a hell of a ride. You don't have to be into soccer to understand it, to get it, and to enjoy it. But if you are into soccer, even more so. 
We have a lot of soccer nerds who we love and refer to affectionately that way. Listen to the show. I'm sure they'll enjoy it. I'm sure they'll check it out. Again, you heard it from the man himself. You can go to Amazon and buy it. It's $4.99 for Kindle. If you like feeling that paper, it's $12.99 and it ships right away on Amazon. Joe Hendrickson, thanks so much for joining us on the SM Podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you, listener. We'll be back next week with a special celebration. It's 100 episodes for us on the ASN Podcast. We, we finally made it. Wow, what a milestone. 100, 100 weeks, John. Just 100 exactly. weeks. We've never missed any weeks. Week. It's been great. So join us then. We're going to have uh, something crazy. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But we'll talk to you next week. Take care.